0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world. We got some signature news, not a lot of it, but we have some important news to bring to attention. Just happened, actually. I know you're impatient. I hear your impatience resonating through the speakers. However, let me go and get the particulars out of the way just to make sure it's done. Cryptotalkradio.net is the site. We appreciate all feedback, questions, comments that we receive. We attempt to respond to each and every one of them. And so far, we have a track record making sure we get responses to you. If you give us the feedback, we have a couple of listeners that have given some very valuable feedback and we've worked to try to make changes. As a result of some of the feedback, I want to give you some updates on where we're at this podcast. Top of the list, I'm still in the process of building out as I committed in the month of April, the uh, supporter section that's going to be happening. I have the kind of fine points that I've, I want it to do. Now I'm working on the mechanics and I believe I've got the tool that will best suit what I, my vision is. And just to be clear, I could build it myself, but I need to optimize my time. So I found a third party tool seems to do everything I want it to do. Now I need to test it, kick the tires on it. I also need to reach out to them about the network and how that would work for other podcasts. I'll give you a sampler of again, some of the things that I'm thinking of as part of this subscription, this supporter function that I'm envisioning. And just to be clear, it's not going to be Patreon. And the reason I'm not doing Patreon is because Patreon commits you to a certain performance. You have to get a certain number of published content up to their site on a routine basis. That's not going to happen, brother, for mine. And so Patreon's not going to be the option, I can tell you that much 100%. There's a couple of other candidates I've got in mind. Again, I've got to test each one. Just make sure they're doing what we wanted to do. But just in summary, this is not a member's area. So don't think it's like a you have to come to my site and sign up as a member or any of that. It's not a member's area per se. It'll behave similar to the way Patreon works if you've ever used it, that it's a supporter area. But the difference is that the supporter area simply gives you access to the perks that I've decided, which have not been finalized yet. But to give you a, a taste test of the kinds of things that I'm thinking of, for example, I've had the question asked about creating cryptocurrency and I've said that it's not something that's on the roadmap at that point. It is on my mind as something to think of doing, but there's a lot more to it than me saying to do it. I have to decide if I'm going to contract that out or do it myself. Doing it myself might be more trouble than it's worth. However, there's the opportunity to create A utility token where I don't have to worry about the buys and the sells necessarily and then bake it into what I'm building for the supporter I have to figure out how that would work and do more research there's a program that would let me as in a program meaning a think of it like a class but it's not a class but a program that would allow me to better understand what it would take if I wanted to build this what's all involved if I can pull that off and it's more about money which I don't currently want to spend because I need a different source of revenue that I don't yet have. Once I get that source of revenue, I will be doing that program that will expose me to this opportunity that might make sense. If I choose to go that route, then the next step is to figure out if I decide to create the token utility token makes the best sense for legality reasons in the United States. I want to avoid creating a security Or even come close to it if I create it as a utility token irrespective of trading that seems to get me away from the securities argument but I have to do more research I have to understand it a little bit more and again whether I write the code or I contract it the risk of contracting of course is that I still have to review the code to make sure that we don't have like rug pull intent underneath it I thought about partnering with another token developer that's already kind of in the mix and that is still an option so If you're listening to my show and you are somebody who has the experience in blockchain development and you're interested potentially in a new project, reach out if only to help me understand through CryptoTalkRadio.net some of these nuts and bolts so I can make sure that what I create that I have in my head that I'm pretty sure I can do is not only doable, not only feasible, but it's going to succeed because if I'm going to do it, there's not going to be failure uh, in the mix. So I'm, that's one that I thought of. The other one is access to video. I talked about having video for any of the guests that we have on the show. You'll always get the audio cause it's a podcast, but some people may want the video. I have the video archives for everybody that we've recorded, including Dior token who so far was the only token that actually wanted the smoke. We have our next token schedule. That's, that's exciting if that one accords that will be the second token that wants to smoke and from what i've encountered so far they seem really excited to come on the show and their their followers are very it's a good uh community of people they've also been very supportive of the project so i'm really excited to chat with them and then of course believes and uh mr sagala josh sagala so we've got really good video content that would be made available through this uh conduit for those that are interested in it so the Access to this crypto if I choose to create it and whenever I choose to create it, access to video content, which nobody else gets. It's kind of exclusive content. It has similar editing, but not quite the same. But it has again, some people may just want to see the video for whatever reason. So that's a value add thing. Another thing is special types of feeds. So like the YouTube feed that we're currently beta testing, that would be made available through this conduit to people that pay for the service. I have to figure out the mechanics of how to gate that because I don't want everybody, if you're paying for it, I don't want everybody to get access to it. Right? So I got to figure out what that looks like. And it may mean that I have to create my own RSS, which I can do. I just would rather not. So I'm investigating that one, seeing what that looks like. And then the, the one I think is going to be the, the standout is consultative service. Consultative service would be specific to crypto talk radio or specific to casual talk radio, or specific to boxing, but I doubt boxing would have it. But under crypto talk radio, for example, perhaps there's a specific cryptocurrency that you want me to cover for a specific reason. You get the opportunity to request that. Now, anybody can request that I do a high level analysis and a smoke report. I'm talking about something deep to your specific situation, not as financial advice, But just under the lens of your development, your investment strategy, if you come in, we understand, Okay, yes, I'm coming in as new. I've never done crypto trading before. I have a little bit of money and my vision is to create a diverse portfolio. Okay, then I would talk about a couple of projects or you would say, here's some projects I found. Do you think they're compatible or not? Or let's say you're the gambler sort and you're saying I'm looking at this one under a gambler lens. Do you think it makes sense? Etc., and so on. So, that would be a consultative service. You would get access to a limited amount of time that you can use every month if you wanted to take advantage of it. And then we can get on video and chat about different projects and share screen and the whole nine. That would be a supporter perk that I would be open to offering for those that are interested in it. The other one is an extension I mentioned on the Basic Cryptonomics 101 series. I have some videos that are basic cryptonomics 101, you know, what is a rug pull, high level things. This one goes a little bit deeper. This one talks about things such as helping you set up a wallet, right, from scratch. This is kind of consultative in a form, but I can record a lot of it. So if it turns out that the recorded makes better sense, you would get access to the recorded talkthroughs. You would get access to getting help if you needed the help. So that I envision the supporter services as the next level above access to audio and content and more getting direct access from listener to host for anything that you got those questions on. In addition to potentially the cryptocurrency as well, and the video of past episodes. That's just a finite list of what I've come up with so far. However, there's a lot to what I just described. I've had to build that all in. I have to figure out what it's all gonna do and I have to make sure that I'm on the right software stack, quote unquote, to support what I'm thinking of doing. I'm pretty sure I do with this tool, but I have to kick the tires on it, make sure it's doing what I want. Ideally, it supports the brand so that I can extend it to the other platforms. There's a lot to it. Under casual talk radio, just for those that are curious or for those that listen to both shows, casual talk radio would have things like assistance with resume, you know, feedback on a resume. I'll take a look at it. Here's some things I think you can polish or tweak feedback on job interviews, how to deal with the star interview, uh, different things on the workplace and how to, you know, navigate a workplace when you're brand new, you know, those kinds of consultative things. Now, casual talk radio has a slightly older audience, so I believe that the resume review is going to be probably top of the list of what people might want to be interested in because the rules have changed about resumes The job interview, largely they're the same and there's certain rules that once you know the rules, you can kind of navigate. And then there are certain curveballs and identifying when those curveballs happen and why. So to help an older audience, you know, if you're 20 or some odd, you can pretty much get a job just because you're young. This is the truth. Once you get older, it's not as easy. And so that, that might be one service that's offered just to kind of help people get through that and figure out what it is. The other one that... I toyed with and don't know if it's going to go forward would be helping somebody that wants to set up a podcast and kind of the nuts and bolts of what it took for me to get to the point that it is. So that's that one. Boxing, I'm not sure if there would be consultative, but one thing I thought about on boxing for anybody who's listening there, and I doubt there is because boxing is only on YouTube, but with boxing, one thing I thought of doing is live commentary about certain big fight events. In the old style and we're talking, you know, the Howard Cosell era to give you that sensation where you can't watch the fight, but you're hearing somebody else do analysis of the fight and what's happening. Something that's really fun, something that's cool. And I could do that as live because that's YouTube. So that's something I've considered as well. All of these are in the mix. Nothing's off the table. Comments and questions, suggestions and feedback. Submit them on CryptoTalkRadio.net. And I will consider each and every one of them. On the other internal news that I've got. Uh, The physical move is still on deck. As I've said, I've got to wait for these calls. I had one of them, and I was not pleased with the outcome of the call. Uh, I think it was good people, but I wasn't pleased with the outcome of the call because I felt like they're playing some games a little bit. However, there's still the other call that I'm still pending. This one seems like it went a little bit better. I'm not... I'm not holding my breath on it, but it is something still out there. I was assured by the person I'm working with that he believes that it's 100% and it's going to go. If that one goes, I'm guaranteed out of here, Nevada. And I would be out of here before the end of the month, and I knew I would know where I would need to go based on the agreement with this client. Then I would set up and build uh the physical place for the podcast so that i know where you know like my situation is like in my room right now just to describe it essentially my office is or should be a kitchen type thing but it's not it doesn't look like a kitchen it looks like a living room or a den that's what it looks like but it's essentially a kitchen or a dining room because it's connected to the kitchen it's a weird layout and i chose this room because it's the nicest room in the in the whole place It's got the nicest tile floor. I don't like the hardwood and I had an issue with the wood the other day. It's got natural lighting that I can control. It does have vaulted ceilings, but because of the layout and what I've got, I can echo control it much better. Proximity to the kitchen for when I need to get coffee or something. Everything seemed to work. What I want to do is actually build a dedicated office just for my work and the podcast that has Even better audio control, better lighting control, better echo control, like just overall do it the way I want to do it. I had watched, I was watching back some of the old Red Table Talk episodes, which is Jada Pinkett Smith's podcast that she does on Facebook. I was watching back. She has video that she'll put up on Facebook video and some of her old episodes. She has, you can see their setup in that room. They started with, it was like, looks like their kitchen or dining room table and then they moved it into this other dedicated and I'm assuming it's like some kind of a connected house or something because the guest can just walk straight in there well I'm sure they got security up to yin yang and they don't meet the sometimes they meet the guest at the front door sometimes they have the guest just come in so I'm assuming it's some kind of connected external home which I think is how Joe Rogan has his but they have it in the old where you can kind of see their camera and they're using really professional stuff. They're using like pro camera type things. So that's why theirs looks so darn good. But their lighting, the way they got the lighting and everything set up and then I believe they're using shotgun microphones, which is something I wanted to do. They might be mic'd up cuz I know when they hug people they're kind of mic'd and they might be combining audio. I'm not sure. Point is, the fact that they have such a controlled layout and appearance for it, that's what I want. Not for the purposes of video in this, but when I'm working with guests, it's going to give me a good experience. I had a recording on casual talk radio. It went really good. My video was excellent with my new camera placement, which was a small tweak, but it made an amazing difference in what I appear on camera with the right with my lightings doing what it needs to do. So now that I've got the lighting perfectly situated, I've got the camera perfectly mounted with my sit-stand desk. I've got the audio where I need it to be based on what you hear now. Everything is working the way I wanted it to work. Now that I've got that done, now it's simply a matter of going through and identifying what do I wanna do next and helping other people that might want that help, that can be a consultative service. Cause you could have people that wanna do video podcasting or video shows and they wanna know how to do what I did and how mine looks and all the tips and tricks. That might be a consultative service. When I get to the new place, it gets easier for me to offer that service as an actual formal business. I just have to set up the registration and everything else. And that's why I didn't want to do it here just to uproot and go to another place. That's all in the works. And the reason I broke that down to you is that there's as I committed to you, I'm going to still be recording on schedule. But while I'm mid move, I may need to record on my phone or something else and then just remaster the audio. So it sounds somewhat good. But there'll be a period of time where I won't be able to do guests because I'll be on the road. But the commitment for me to record shows will be constant and consistent as you've had from me every Tuesday and Thursday. There's going to be an upload of some kind, even if that means I have to do extra recordings on, you know, Friday, Wednesday or Monday or Saturday, Sunday, just to make sure I have the content available to you. Or it's a revisit of a token that I've already covered on YouTube, which you've heard me do on occasion all that's in flight. So there's a lot I've got going on. I, again, I spend at this point, it's like 12 hour days used to be 20 hour days. I'm down to 12 or yeah, 12 hour days. When I start doing some of the web revisits, which I'm already investigating, that's going to ramp up again, because I'm going to have to spend time on the web rewrites and everything else that I committed before the end of April. And the board that I told you is coming That should be up this week. I was supposed to have it up last week. The reason I didn't do it last week is because I knew with this call, I needed to focus on both calls and got those done. Now they're off my mind. At this point, I shouldn't get any more calls, I don't think. Now I just have to wait and see if I can turn the board into something you guys can use and it makes sense and you'll see what I'm working on visually. And then I'll refer you to CryptoTalkRadio.net. Which reminds me, if you have anybody that you believe would benefit from cryptocurrency coverage, please do send them to CryptoTalkRadio.net to get those updates, including if they just want the snippets on YouTube. That's all I got for the internal news. External news, of course, the big news at the top of the hour. SHIB, Shiba Inu, gets listed on Robinhood after what seems like an eternity. Now, here's the thing with this. There's a lot of people that are really excited about this. There are a lot of people who are just jumping for joy on this. And there's a lot of people who speculate this is going to be what pushes SHIB back over its all-time high, the original all-time high of 3.8. I have said repeatedly, I don't think it moves the needle. And I'm not saying that to naysay it. I'm saying that I believe that the problem with this whole situation, I actually did a video on YouTube about it where I was questioning why so many people were holding on a SHIB. Just to circle that up here, because I don't think I talked about it on in the podcast. Or maybe I did, but I don't think I did. The bottom line is that SHIB has been available. Shiba Inu has been available on every single major platform other than Robinhood at this point. It, every single one. It, it's all over the place. And pr- pretty much everybody's swap has it available. So there's like it's available anywhere. It's probably the easiest crypto to buy other than Doge. At this point, that's not, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, etc. And so what I was advocating is, hey, look, if you want shit that bad, just get it from one of those places, sit on it in your wallet. And then if and when Robinhood ever lists it, then go ahead and swap it over to Robinhood if you really want to do that. And for whatever reason, they did not, people did not listen to me. There was a survey, I forget what it was, it might have been change.org or something else. There was a survey, a million people, asked for this thing to be listed on Robinhood. This was back in February. A million people were basically holding off on buying this thing simply because it's not on the platform they want it to be. So rather than getting access to this great cryptocurrency and rather than benefiting the community as a whole by buying it now, they would rather just sit and in the corner and complain and fold their hands and and, and whine because it's not on their platform. I don't support that that narrative I don't support that way of doing things I think it's the wrong answer I understand what people are feeling what people are thinking and I don't agree with it because what it ends up doing is it ends up turning like you again the, the community is saying no this is what I want and this is, this is what we have we already have the darn things so let's go ahead and do this now here's the here's the big thing when this happens and Shib gets listed on Robinhood it jumps about 25% to 30% ish shib is currently trading at about 28 27 it's not at its all time high its all time high is 38 i would argue it has no, it's nowhere close to getting back to the all time high even with this announcement even though there was a significant amount of volume and what i was telling people is i don't think it's going to move the needle not because shib isn't popular but because remember SHIB lost almost 5,000 holders, so it lost a lot of money on when the coin, coin market cap issue happened. The coin market cap issue was a misreporting of the total supply, or rather the circulating supply versus total, total supply. So when that got corrected, the price tanked, not because anybody sold at that point, but because they had to correct it based on the true circulating supply. In order for SHIB to get back as of right now to its original all time high, we're talking when I say original all time high, this was the number that was its highest point after it launched. So original all time high is once this launched, what was the highest it ever hit? Then that's three eight, which I'm pretty sure was four zeros and three eight. That was the initial pump and then it dropped and it took months, actually over a year for it to get close to that, but it was based on the faulty numbers on coin market cap. Now for it to get back to that original all time high, you'd have to fight past all the people who were quote unquote wrecked when the price dumped after the coin market cap situation and the people who were sitting on it at original all time high, the people who are sitting on it from original all time high back way back when those are your millionaires. They're going to cash out and take their profits and go because they're probably sick of SHIB. Realizing that, as I've said on previous episodes, the Burns aren't doing what they expected to do. They're not getting the return they thought they were going to get. There was already, when this announcement came at 7 o'clock in the morning, 140, roughly 142 ETH dump. This is just indicative of what I'm saying. You still got people, and I covered this on the SHIB episode, this was a while ago. I said there's still people sitting from that original all time high sitting on millions of dollars that are just waiting for it to get back to drop another zero so that they can dump on it either because they're taking the profits and they're running because they realize it's not going to sustain or you got people that are just taking profits as it goes back up. I, you know, that bought lower than this way, lower than this. So I'm not saying I'm not naysaying it listing on Robin Hood. I'm saying that the people who are jumping for joy that it was listed on Robin hood, they could always have bought Shib. They would have benefited more if they had just done it instead of waiting for Robin hood. And I will maintain that this listing is not going to move the needle big picture. Just because I think so many people have moved on from the Shib era. Shib has not been able to do hardly anything beyond what it was. We see the news about, yeah, ships accepted at AMC and all this garbage, that's not really moving the needle. And the reason is because it still has too much supply. Yes, they're starting to do the burns and all that stuff. We've done the math. It's still going to take too long for it to burn through the remaining supply. Meanwhile, people are getting less patient with these cryptocurrencies. So while it's big news, I'm not dismissing that it's big news. I don't think it moves the needle. And a lot of these people just waited for no reason when they could have just bought in for whatever exchange and did what they were doing to send a message to Robin Hood, if nothing else, that, you know, we're not going to wait on you, dude. And to Robin Hood's credit, it seems like some they got new leadership in there that was slapping some sense in their CEO because they're doing a lot more. They're trying to do 24-7 trading. Hopefully, they dropped the ban on Hawaii, New York, and Nevada because that's stupid because two of those are the highest dollar states in the whole union. So hopefully, they fix that. Hopefully, this is a, it's indicative of future Revelations they're going to have where they get smarter about what they're doing. That's my hope anyway. Meanwhile, New York, speaking of New York, anybody that knows in the United States, New York is kind of the mecca of trading exchanges, stocks, options, bonds. It's kind of the center point because, you know, that's where most of this transactional stuff happened. New York has now stepped in and they slipped in in their budget, which is weird. I, I get why, but it's still weird. They slipped in as part of the budget agreement. Basically, any crypto firm that's in New York has to pay towards their own, towards their regulation. And I looked at this and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Turns out that the they're going to be charged for money to be used. To build regulations and support the industry so they're like assessments that are gonna happen there's like fees penalties but the point is that a lot of these are things that they charge banks insurance firms already today and they're trying to make it in line with the way that if you heard me on a past episode I said this they're gonna to try to make it like the banking industry and like the investment industry And those entities are going to respond and they're going to take action and they're either shut down, like I'm talking the exchanges, they're going to shut down or they're going to shift gears and not offer crypto or whatever. Now, the, the interesting thing is they didn't define crypto firm, I suspect, because of the broad nature of the way the law is written, that anybody that's spinning up a cryptocurrency, you wouldn't be able to spin up a cryptocurrency in New York without being subject to this. And if you have a crypto and you have a fir- you have an entity like a firm, a foreign business in another state, you wouldn't be able to, you'd have to do something to avoid trading with somebody in New York. If you got on an exchange, the exchange is kind of on the hook for that, which is why Robin hood New York. That's one reason of many. And most did like, if you remember an old episode, I talked about how New York was banning SHIB for the longest time. Now, like Coinbase, in Coinbase it was, Coinbase opened up SHIB, but with this, it changes the game. They say, and here's the joke, they say, we don't, quote, we don't take taxpayer money, we take it from the industry. Okay, but here's the problem. Those entities are going to pass that down to the traders, the, the people who are doing trading, because that's how they do it. That's what it is. Now, this has been a thing already crypto firms have already had to pay certain things but apparently the amount of money was a fraction it was tiny it was nothing second apparently there's a certification as called a bit license the bit license has come under scrutiny on multiple occasions it apparently is i keep saying apparently because i'm only going off of what i'm told Apparently, the Bit License was New York's first stab at trying to create some sort of a certification process for cryptocurrency. In, and it create a certification, like literally a certification, and you have to go through and do that. The and then if they don't follow the rules, which have been very challenging, they got to shut down. They, they get a cease and desist. Other states took this and said, you know, just come here. You can come here and we can set up the crypto like crazy. Like Florida was one big one with the whole ship, fiasco. They said, no, just come here and we'll take care of you. And you can, you know, you ain't gotta go into that regulatory nonsense. Mm-hmm. And the bit license is controversial because it was its intent initially, intent was to protect against scams, try to create some credibility identify money laundering. It's the same story it was trying to do the right things, but what it did is people who are legitimate is for the legitimate people turn them off because they were getting caught up in nothing. Like it's like, okay, you're getting fined or restricted or something else and they didn't do anything wrong. You're punishing the, the well to do's in your attempt to go after the not so well. It's the same situation with the RUS government and the COVID aid that they sent to different states. Right now, it's it's mostly gone, but back during 2020 and 2021, certainly 2021, they would say, okay, apply for this aid. We want to help you out. You can get up to $500,000 over your business and we'll help you out. You apply and they take like three months to get back to you. Then they get back and they say, okay, we need you to fill out this form, paper, and it's gonna go to the IRS for you to get a transcript. They don't do it online, you have to do a paper because the IRS doesn't do it online. But they did that at the same time as this other change that gave tax credits to people. So the IRS is slammed, they can't process the form, so you're waiting three more months, only to have them come back and say, yep, we didn't match the address. They don't tell you what did or didn't match, they just said didn't match. To give you perspective, I had applied late 2020, didn't get a full response, until early 2022. And the response I got wasn't a denial. They don't do that, but they put all these hoops in front of you to block you from getting the aid. That's that's what this basically was doing. So certain companies like Coinbase, they're cool because they got the money to throw at the problem. Square, which does some crypto trading, has money to throw at the problem. Most of the smaller ones can't afford it or they can't support, you know, the regulatory compliance requirements that it calls for. And so New York said, no, this is the right answer. And it's what we want to do. And this is probably one of the reasons why Robin Hood has held off on going to New York for so long is they don't want to do it. Of course, the downside is that's where most of the money is. New York is one of the highest in salary and money flow of every state in the union outside of maybe Connecticut and California. So people have called for the, you know, get rid of this bit license. It's not going to support anything. It's not going to work. And they're not playing ball. They're, they're not wanting to do it. Instead, they want to make it worse. They want to add more to how much money that you collect so that, that you know, the taxpayers are, quote, protected. Okay. So with this whole regulatory change that New York's trying to do, I suspect if it goes forward, it's going to make it less ideal for people to get they're they're fixed in new york and i think you're going to see a lot more uh bands. i think you're going to be a lot more issues there's gonna be a lot more problems with people that live in the in the place but also people that are forming businesses outside that want that money from <laughs> new york citizens so i think it's one to keep an eye on especially if you're in new york and i i question why you're in new york but i understand some people just are loyal to their their deal and it is what it is i got it i got you speaking of coinbase let's flip over to them because they had a couple things happen recently coinbase has been inconsistent with the tokens that it chooses to list and why initially this is prior to shib it was that they were only going to list tokens pretty much it had to be like a penny or greater they weren't going to list any that had like two zeros in front of the deal off the decimal so they've changed you know like the ape coin came out of nowhere And it got listed almost immediately, but SHIB took forever to get on the platform. And people were wondering why the heck is Coinbase so inconsistent with these tokens that it's listing? Well, they recently talked about new tokens that they're going to be listing potentially in 2022. These are not confirmed, but they're they're saying, okay, we want to potentially list these guys. They've said that they do a very rigid screening process to primarily avoid pump and dumps but if you look at every token that's listed on there every single one of them every single one of them has followed a pump and dump pattern especially ApeCoin followed a pump and dump pattern so that's not there's nothing there's nothing to what they say they're just saying this is what we're trying to do but they can't (laughs) there's no consistency in their approach or their legitimacy then then this recent list, when you look at the list, and I looked at the list, some of these I've I've heard of and some I don't. Some of them are actually good ones. Um, I'll list the ones I think are good. If you're in Coinbase, I think these are great. If they uh, go and if they're what they should be. Uh, Binance USD, I think that's a great listing. The issue I have is they're saying they're gonna be Ethereum based, which I don't like. Um, but at least it's something and then you can do a cross chain at least but binance usd's one i think that one's good um, what's another one uh meta which is a uh, sta- stable governance i think that one's a good one potentially opendao i'm kind of sketchy on but it seems to have a pretty good following to it uh, and then wrapped ample forth wrapped ample forth is Ampleforth is one of those one of those iffy tokens, but it has a solid following behind it. And then there's a couple of tokens on Solana that they're listing. Uh, The notable one there is probably Bitspawn, I'm guessing. Some people came out and they said, you know, we look at. Does it meet our listing standards for legal and compliance? Do we have a lot of data about it? How much work does it take to list it? And they don't support Binance tokens, which is still a problem, and I wish that they would fix that. They haven't done that. But they changed their criteria at least a little bit. Okay, so now they're they're apparently confirming less tokens. They're adding less tokens. So I I don't know what this means. What I'm saying is they're they're making changes to their criteria that are supposed to filter out projects that are i believe to be sketchy or whatnot somebody on twitter chimed in and said you know some of these tokens are pump and dumps or they're like dead tokens (laughs) Um, he called out a couple pokemon i didn't know anything about this one but it was a pump and dump like it literally pumped and dumped it was way down to near zero out to the point point. He called out big data protocol, which I had never heard of, but apparently it was, they were locking people out and it was a pump and dump. He called out student coin, student coin looked like it was a literal rug pull at one point. Uh, And these are all ones on the list. So he's like, why are these ones being listed? What the heck's going on here? I don't know what, I don't know what, what their logic or reasoning is behind it. I don't have any answer. I suspect like this is my theory only. I suspect what they're trying to do is identify tokens that they at least it's like, okay, I'm aware of it. It's out there. It we can go ahead and get listed and potentially get a little bit of cash out of it. Because there's no reason for like like if I look at the list of the ones that he called out student coin in particular student coin, I'm not sure. I didn't know anything about that token at all. From 2017, didn't know anything about that one. Never even heard of it until he came back and said, yeah, this has been dead for a long time. It had an initial release and then it died. And you can see from the graph, it looks like a rug pull. Well, what happened? Was it a rug pull or is it still alive? Nobody knows. But why is Coinbase listing it now? Nobody knows. (laughs) Um, I, I don't have an opinion on it. I'm simply sharing what I see and that's all I can really do. So that's all I got for the external news that I think is of any note for you. I do encourage you to keep up to date on the SHIB situation, especially if you're in SHIB or had considered it. I think it's good to watch the chart movement. I still maintain. I don't think it's going to move the needle. I think it's a blip. I think it's going to come and go. I think there's going to be some pumps, but I think there's going to be a lot more people selling because they were tired of waiting. It's my opinion. And then real quick, not really news, but just a point about the current state, you know, the the bear situation that we're going in. I have speculated, I think people are selling for tax season, which is April 15th to 18th is the submission deadline for taxes, business and, and not business, but like consumer, and then certain like independent consultants and that kind of thing. And then businesses are usually quarterly. I suspect, have no evidence of this, I suspect that what may be happening is that you've got a lot of people who are just dumping cryptocurrency to get cash. I say that because when I looked at the USD tether, its value is going slightly up and then of course it's rebalancing. When I see that there's that much price movement positive on a stable coin, usually means that a lot of people are, are selling, they're dumping their their holdings. Now, whether they're doing it to trigger, you know, buying on a dip or they're doing it for tax or why they're doing it, don't know. But if you've been looking at the graphs and you saw an extended period of red, my theory, and it is only a theory, is that people might have been dumping some of their holdings to deal with tax season, which, hey, do what you got to do. I would question why people would do that because it's already too late. Like if you're in, you know, if you're in the year where you have to file the taxes, it's already been made due. There's not anything you can do about it after the fact. It doesn't make any sense. How they handle it's whatever, but I'm just saying I don't know that there's, I don't know that that makes any sense in my opinion. So if I'm right, then we'll have to just kind of watch it and see what happens uh, over time. But I think, in my opinion, that this could be something where they're just dumping their holdings and dealing with the tax situation and that means it's not only temporary but also that it could repeat that's why I'm calling it out that you could have people that repeat this they could do it again and again and again I hope not but if I'm right that means it would be repeated because as big businesses are holding crypto and they got to file taxes quarterly that means that they could be putting cash into cryptocurrency to try to get a gain then selling it off every quarter come tax time to deal with the tax bill and they're just using it as a holding which is going to affect everybody else who's trading it because now you're subject to the rules of what everybody else is what these businesses are doing if that's what they want to do so be it but i i think it's stupid because it's already past the point where it would have made a difference so that's all I got there. Um, let's go ahead and get into our underdog token. And just to be clear, I, I say underdog token because it's it's underdog in the quote mainstream. It's underdog in what it's doing. It's underdog in how it's presented, but it might be standing. It might be have been out there for ages and it's not new, but it's been out for a while, but lesser heard of. And I'm bringing it to your attention. And this one, I did the coverage. I put it on YouTube and immediately got attacked because I'm telling the truth about what I saw. Just to be clear on this one, this token has a lot of complexity. And the point I was trying to make to people that they didn't get is I think it's too much complexity for the layman to absorb what it is that they're trying to do. I'm not, I've am not. i never, and even in the smoke report, I didn't trash the project. I wasn't down on it. I didn't say it's a bad project. I simply said, I think there's something here, but your documentation is kind of out of whack and I think you should simplify it. That's all I said. And there's just naysayers that are just diehards, which if you're listening to this, I would recommend don't ever get to the point that you're diehard about any crypto. Don't don't please don't do that. You've heard me. I'm critical about every single one of them in some way. Don't get diehard about any crypto. It's not healthy. It isn't. So I'm gonna go ahead and share that audio. This one was called Elephant Money. I'm gonna go ahead and share this in here uh, as our underdog token, just so you guys get to hear what I said on YouTube about this token in case you're interested. I do think, again, there's something to it. All I said was I think that they've gone too far with the complexity. So take a look, see if it makes sense for you. I found another token. And I do hold a smallish bag of this token, but, it occurred to me that I'd never have done any analysis around the token whatsoever. For that, I apologize because I intended to. And of course, time ran away, there's a lot going on. And I figured now's as good a time as any because it came to surface and especially because the whole market's down. And I suspect it's because of tax season. I have no proof of this, but I suspect that's the underlying reason. I think people are just dumping cryptocurrency to free up money. In anticipation of tax bills, if my theory is correct, I think those people are stupid because to try to defray if they're trying to defray their tax bill for next year, then I guess that makes sense. But doing it this close to this current tax year doesn't make sense to me because if you were trying to defray this tax bill, you'd had to done it by December 31st of 2021. So either that's the case and I'm right, or it's not the case and I'm wrong. I'm not really sure. Regardless, I suspect that the industry in general, crypto, is subject to a lot of sell-off pressure because of the proximity to tax season. That's a theory. I have no proof. This project, though, it's been sitting in the bag and I've watched it and it has its ups and downs like many other tokens. And I never did an analysis because there were a lot of other stuff, things happening. But I want to go ahead and give it a chance now. The token I'm going to cover is called Elephant Money. Site is elephant.money is the website. So don't say I didn't give you the website address. It's elephant.money. That's how you know. That's how I know that you listen to it. And that's how you know that I actually went to the site. Elephant.money. It's on the Binance Smart Chain. And it's a basic rewards token. There are some fundamental concerns I've got with the token itself. Before I do that, let me just say straight off the jump. And if they're listening, I don't mind having you on the show and talk it out. I understand what you're trying to do with the site. I understand that you're trying to keep it as simple as possible. I think it's a bad idea. I think a certain level of simplicity is good. I think you tend to go over simplistic because the way that your token works is not a simple structure. And you tried to simplify it. And in the end of it, you made it more complex than I think it really should be. Let me go and just break down... The tokenomics. I'll start there first because I think for something like this, you kind of have to start with tokenomics and then work your way backward instead of trying to do what I normally would do, which is site analysis. Because again, there's nothing to the site itself. First of all, they have linked on the site what they refer to as a white paper. I want to let the guys know, if, or, and ladies or whatever, that, you know, that put this together. I'm not going to tell you that your white paper is crap. It's not. You put a lot of thought into it, a lot of detail into it. It's not crap. The The problem I've got is it's not really a white paper. Not in the science of what I would expect in a white paper. This feels more like what I would want in a garbage get book, ironically. Because to me, the white paper needs to go beyond the token itself. You spent, what is it? Uh, one, two, three, 16 pages telling the reader about how your token structure works. If it takes you 16 pages to explain how your structure works, your structure is too complicated. That's the number one story of my review is complexity, just gross complexity where I can tell what it was inspired by. It was inspired by Drip, which to some degree, and then it was inspired by Yield Finance, or Urine Finance rather, Magic Internet Money, and all these ones that do layers of complexity needlessly so I'm not saying it's a bad project I'm saying that if it takes you 16 pages to explain what you're doing it's probably too complex this project at least a token the elephant money token has been around since early 2021 so it's mature and it probably didn't start this complex and I don't know if they're spinning up the complexity in response to something my number one feedback is just there's too much complexity here and I don't know if you can simplify stuff now, but I—all I'm saying is that what you call a white paper is not a white paper. This all belongs in the garbage GitBook to make it easier to parse it because it's like so much data, and it's just data. There's no images. There's no nothing. I and then your site is bare nothing. Okay, no problem. But I think you should—I think you should have a little bit more than what we're talking about in the site and more structure to your so-called white paper than what you got. Because as it stands, this automatic to me automatically would turn off your layman investor. That's not because it's a bad project, it's because I don't know that your layman investor is going to spend the time doing. Like you're really banking on at this point FOMO graphs. People that FOMO into the project because of the graph. Now they have a medium. The medium does a little bit more to kind of simplify things down and they do AMAs and they kind of post the information from the AMAs. And so it looks like they're trying to simplify what's going on. No problem. I I applaud them for the effort, at least in trying to bring some common sense to this thing. It looks like the white paper was over just updated very recently. So I don't know what the previous white papers would have looked like. I'm not going to spend the time going into archive to find that. I don't know if it had the same level of data or it didn't. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to do the best I can to parse this down into a simpler form to bring some chaos to this or bring some simplicity to this chaos because there's a lot to it. And I would argue needlessly so. It feels like needless complication for the sake of complication so the core token the main token elephant token okay they spun it up it's got a quadrillion supply as of last count there's as it was built they did the half burn like everybody does up front and then they created a project wallet marketing wallet they did a lock liquidity wallet and then they did a what they call a liquidity drive they say according to how the structure is built There's a connection into, in the past, apparently there was a connection to stable coins and the liquidity pools were supportive of the stable coins. In this case, uh, like Binance USD was one I saw in there and then a BDO token that I hadn't even heard of. And then, of course, the core gas tokens wrapped BNB, Bitcoin, Ethereum and Cake. And they said that they're no longer supporting those. And instead, they have their own stable coin, quote unquote, called trunk. And the trunk is essentially pegged to USD, thus making a stable coin. And so they're trying to keep it all inside the infrastructure. Now, the, here's concern number two. If what they did was designed to stabilize the value, I don't think it really worked because... This one did it tanked just like everything else during this market. If you're pegged to straight stablecoin all the way around, I don't know how it's possible that you could have tanked the way that I'm seeing. When I looked a little bit deeper, it looks like the vast there's still a lot that's still in Wrapped BNB. Now, I don't know if that's because they didn't force people off of it and they said nope, you can stay there, but we're not allowing any new. I don't know why that makes any sense because the whole description I read off their white paper is the intent is that the trunk is going to be that, that stabilization. So I would have thought that they would force people off of the older, or here's even better. We simply, and they described this, but they didn't seem like they did it. That we would literally take those coins and use them to mint this trunk so that they're no longer in those tokens. It didn't seem like they did that. I'm not sure why. If the intent was never to force that issue, I would question why not? Because otherwise, what's the value of doing it as a net forward? Because you're going to have people that just sit on it. And while that's doing it, you have that instability of price. While you have the instability, you have the risk of FOMO selling. And we're seeing a lot of that now, especially with the what's going on in the industry. I would have assumed and perhaps this is my fault, but I would have assumed that if you're going to go this direction of creating this trunk stable coin, why would you not just use the existing Wrapped BNB and Ethereum and Cake and BUSD or not even BUSD, but everything that you already had and literally you already had control of it. So why not just do that to basically build or create these tokens, sell them off for the you know, the stable coin and then convert into your stable coin and go from there. Why would you not get rid of it so that you don't have any of those in play? I suspect it's because in order for them to allow trading for newer investors, they had to keep a little bit on deck. If that's true, no problem. But the amount I see in what they call WBNB V1 is over a million dollars. Everything else looks like it's pretty low. I mean, Bitcoin, The original Bitcoin has half a million, but everything else is pretty darn low. The RAP BNB, the original RAP BNB, which I'm assuming came from the first pool that existed over a million dollars. Why not force it? Like, why not just dump those and get it over to the new trunk? Because that would have stabilized the value. I don't understand why you would have done it the way that they did it. Because if my theory is correct, and I'm not saying it is, I'm saying if it is, that means that there, even if you were to do it now, you've lost significant amounts of value. So if you were to take action, you're going to realize a loss in the value across the pool. Whereas I would have gone ahead and done that when things were up or at least built the mechanics to where it did it over time. And they describe like drip mechanics and everything else, but that looks like it goes to the investors, not to the, the tool, to the pool. So that's a confusion to me. So number one is the white paper is not really a white paper. It's more like a tech spec. It's what I would expect to see in garbage get book because it's technical in what it talks about and it's good information, but it's not to me. That's not white paper. Like I don't see anything about who these people are. I don't see names. I don't see faces. I don't see contact information. What is their background? What is their structure strategy? None of that's in the white paper. The reason that you decide to go this route. Why does this thing exist? Why do you feel this is the right answer? Why did you build it when you did? Why did you build what you did? Why did you make these changes? I know what they would say. It's all in the AMA. I think it needs to be in your white paper. That's the whole point because people are searching for this information. And I don't think it should be trapped in a video because videos are not, the content of a video is not searchable unless you provide a transcript, which you don't. So I'm saying, all of these answers like you don't even have an FAQ section that I can see on here even something so simple as that to help answer these basic questions but I do think your white paper should have the who's and the what's and the contact and the credentials and and what got you here and why did you create it and what's its what's its long-term vision I don't see any of that stuff it's just a tech spec it's fine to be a tech spec but I don't think it fits a white paper definition so I'm gonna say they don't have a white paper because they really don't it is audited and there's a couple different audits, including a CERDIC audit. The CERDIC audit didn't flag anything major. Um, it didn't get the highest score, but it didn't flag anything major. Chances are the uh, audit, and the audit was done a long time ago, so I'm not sure if any changes were done at some point in the past that would necessitate a new audit. I did run the token through marketmove.ai, and the contract looks pretty darn clean. Ownership is not renounced, and for the most part, the owner doesn't have too much privilege. The comments in the code are pretty darn good. They did a really good job of commenting their codes. I give them credit for that. And they explain what different things do and they're not, you know, it's not overly like convoluted like Seifu for example. It's actually pretty straightforward clean in the way that they broke it out and what functions do what and why. So I got no issue with the, the contract and Market Move doesn't either and the audits don't either so the code seems clean So I guess at this point, if I'm breaking it down, I think, you know, social media might be a slight concern because it, they're, they have a diversity of social media, but because the site's so sparse, you can't tell what, what is their social media preference. I suspect it's Telescam, but I don't know. They do have a medium. The medium is getting updated. They do have an Instagram. They do have a YouTube. They do have a link tree. So they have Varying social media, they do not have a Reddit that I can see. There probably is one and they don't consider it theirs. If they don't, I think that's a gap. I think they should embrace Reddit because, again, you heard me. I think Reddit is one of the key ways that you can, you know, work this better is keep up to date with all of the social media platforms that are searchable. And Reddit is definitely one of those. I look at their YouTube videos. The YouTube videos are mostly informational videos. There's nothing wrong with that. Better that we have more information and helpers than less. Um, They're more instructional in nature. I'll say this, and this is in the in some of their documentation too. I don't agree that you should recommend MetaMask. MetaMask has been hacked. MetaMask has been cracked. MetaMask has had issues. No. If you're going to recommend wallets, what I would say is you need to support Wallet Connect, which allows you to basically use any wallet you choose. You can recommend MetaMask if you're not, you know, familiar with other wallets, but I think you need to also talk about things like CoinMarket wallet or Coinbase Wallet rather, which I think is garbage. But for beginners, Coinbase Wallets ten times better than what MetaMask is doing by far in a way. Um, I would recommend Trust Wallet. I would recommend SafePal. I would recommend some of the other ones and stop fixating on MetaMask. MetaMask makes sense for the developer because that's how you connect it to the contract builder and to solidity to load liquidity and launch and da-da-da. So from a developer's perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. For your layman user, MetaMask is the worst wallet of the bunch, in my personal opinion. So it's fine to at least talk about it, but I'm saying I don't think you should lean towards any one. I think you should talk about the big four. Trust Wallet, Coinbase Wallet, SafePal. I would even throw in Binance Wallet because... Some people outside the United States could use Binance Wallet and probably do. Very few regular consumers day to day, I'm talking outside the crypto bubble, are using MetaMask because it's garbage. It's a garbage wallet It's been, it's had issues and the only thing it's really good for, in my opinion, is the ability to get to OpenSea the fastest of all the wallets. It's your project, it's your prerogative, I'm just saying I don't support that at all. The last thing I'll call out, I did look at the graphs and the price movement, of course, with the current situation, it is trending down, but that's because we're dealing with somewhat of a bear uh, situation right now. I believe it's because of tax season. I have no proof of this. But when I looked at things like sentiment, so there are ways you can get a sense of the sentiment of a project in social media chatter. It's, I would say this is one of those projects where And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but this is one of those projects that's just kind of there and nobody's really talking about it. There's mentions, but it's not like nobody's against it. Nobody's calling it a scam and nobody's like, it's kind of just there, which again, I don't know. I'm not saying it is or isn't a good thing, but it's something to note. Most projects, if you look at them, they're going to fit in one of two categories. You've got the cult, you know, like, like Satama, which hopefully is breaking here soon. But you got like the cult situations. Uh, you got ones that just have vociferous followings, like Safe Moon, for example. If I take, I'll use Safe Moon. It's a great example. If I take Safe Moon and I compare social media sentiment of Safe Moon versus uh, Elephant Money, Safe Moon's positive chatter, I'm talking how many people are upping this guy, is arguably double. What this one's doing, even though Safe Moon's had major issues, Safe Moon, I believe, is a V3 and it's had major issues. It's had all sorts of stumbling blocks that, from what I can tell, Elephant Money never had, but yet it's been able to keep a positive sentiment more than these guys have. I don't know what that's a cause. I don't know what the cause of that is. I don't have that answer. I'm calling out that in what I see, I suspect that the neutrality of coverage, the lack of positive coverage, could be indicative of how convoluted the documentation and the structure and the build is. That could be a thing. I'm not saying it is, I'm saying it could be. So for the naysayers, I'm not making any direct anything. I am going off what I see. I see needless complexity. I see a need to really simplify. I think they tried to do something that's really cool and it, you know, once you get it built and you get investments in and you start going in the ecosystem, it does look like you're getting good returns on stuff like with trunk and, you know, the stampede process, which is a whole different thing. And the elephant token itself is holding. I got you. I'm not saying there's not something here. I'm saying that there's so much here. I'm not sure it's not overcomplicated. It almost reminds it. It definitely reminds me a lot of urine finance. It reminds me of the whole Pancake Swap ecosystem before they changed it because Pancake Swap had something similar. You know, you're like, okay, I got BNB B- B B or BUSD and I need to buy this cake or I need to do this syrup and then this other here and a baby is another one. Okay, you got baby and then you got milk and then you got this and this like layers of needless complexity. And I'm seeing this more and more with tokens and I'm not a fan of it. I understand why they're doing it. And I got no problem if you create a stable coin that is yours. But I do think that that excludes people outside the crypto bubble. People outside the crypto bubble are not going to buy into another stable coin that doesn't let them buy and sell it just like they would do any of their other portfolio tokens. So I think at minimum, you just settle on one token in addition to the one you create so that you're not excluding those outside the bubble. So for these guys, recommendation number one, I think you need to reintroduce at minimum BUSD. If you're not going to do USD tether at minimum BUSD because it's still a stable coin. No, you don't control it, but you don't need to because it's a stable coin. What does it matter? You can still have trunk and offer the rewards and the staking against trunk specifically. And rewards coming back in either trunk or BUSD, let's say. So you do that, but ultimately the value underneath it can still be BUSD. You can still create a liquidity pool against BUSD. Like you can still function like you would do outside the bubble. I don't know if they plan to go on multiple exchanges. I don't see that because they don't have a roadmap, which is another beef I've got. So I can't say what will or won't happen with this dude. I don't have that answer again. Their website is oversimplified in my mind. They did a good job of doing the best they could of trying to make it easy to consume. It's not that they didn't try. It's that they, because it's oversimplified when you go into actually use it or trade it or interact with it, you're immediately inundated with a bunch of complexity. When you open that, what they call the white paper and you're having to parse 16 pages to try to understand what the heck are you guys doing on this? That doesn't mean you can't just buy elephant money and just sit on. It. You can, and it'll do what it's doing, and it'll grow. I'm pretty sure once everything recovers, it'll it'll behave like it like any other token. Sure, but because of the way they have the setup, are you missing out on something where you didn't really want to miss out on it? You want to maximize the use of it. And it's harder for you to do it because you're too busy just trying to figure out what the heck they're doing here. Last point, I'll wrap up. They created a Binance onboarding guide. I, I give them kudos for trying to help investors. This is not, it's not a bad thing, but the problem is they're making a lot of statements that are wrong. Quote, Some of you may already be familiar with MetaMask as it is the primary wallet used to interact with applications on the Ethereum network. That's not true. That is factually inaccurate. They can't prove that. I challenge you to produce stats on that. That's a lie. Actually, the primary wallet for applications on the Ethereum, we're talking Ethereum, I guarantee you, you're going to find Binance wallet, Trust wallet, those two are by far and away faster and superior and more used than MetaMask ever was. I would argue that MetaMask is more used on the Binance Smart Chain, ironically enough, and it's used on the Ethereum fork developers. This is true. Not for your common trader. Certainly not for a newbie trader. So you're already making statements and then you're leaning people to this step through to the point you had to create a nine page document to help somebody. This should tell you, if you've got to create a nine page document to help somebody understand how to get into your token, you've lost the plot. That's not saying your token's not worth buying. I'm saying going MetaMask was your problem because you didn't need to do that. You could have done Trust Wallet or SafePal, and it's way easier. It, SafePal alone is way easier to do it. At minimum, you educate people, whatever wallet you're gonna go, you educate people on something like coin or PancakeSwap to just do the steps. The wallet will help with the rest. Most of them have pretty good helper guides, especially with like Alpha Wallet, for example. But you had to go through all this detail to tell, do you believe that your regular casual layman ADD type investor is going to go through this and do this stuff? No, they're going to be turned off by it. Why do I have to do all this? I'm saying, in their mind. Why do I have to do all this just to buy your token? I already got my trust wallet. Why can't I use that? Your instructions don't tell them how. Your instructions don't accommodate people who are not in the crypto bubble. That's the problem I got with this. So I don't support this at all. I understand what you're trying to do. I applaud that you tried. I don't support it at all. Then this one makes assumptions about desktop. You're you're talking about desktop apps because all the stuff that you're calling out is on the desktop plugin, not on like a mobile device. It doesn't talk about difference between Apple and Android. It doesn't talk about wallets that are plugged into your browser, which are starting to become a more of a thing now. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, I don't want to use the term, but inclusive to more people. You made a great effort and I applaud you for the effort. I'm saying that I think it may tend to be a turnoff because it may come across to them that you're asking them to do extra steps that other tokens don't. And they might go that way. You might come back if they're listening and say, you know what? Our gross, whatever, we're not going to listen to you. That's fine. You don't have to listen to me. I'm just telling you what you call a white paper is not a white paper. Number one. It's a tech spec. It's a good tech spec. I think it should be on the site as a garbage get book because this is technical data. This is not who, who are you, your faces, your names, your contact information, your vision. Here's what we wanted this thing to do. Here's why it exists. Here's why we're doing this thing. Where, where are we? What countries, what locations, when, where's your roadmap? There's not a roadmap anywhere on the site. Now, maybe they figure they're done and so they don't need a roadmap. Show what the steps that were done and when they were done. How, how are you planning to increase this or improve this? Or how did you get to this point and why, why does this make sense to a layman investor outside the crypto bubble? That's a white paper per my rubric. None of that's here. That's why I say this is not really a white paper. I applaud you for putting something together. Like that's the bottom line. As I wrap this up, I applaud them for their effort. It's not the effort at all. They tried to be as simple and to the point with the website as they could do. They tried to put a detailed white paper together. It's just not really a white paper. And the site doesn't give you enough that should be on the site. And it's currently in what they call the white paper. It should actually be on the site. Here's one where they should use the garbage get book for what's actually in the white paper. And instead focus on a white paper that goes through the rubric type things. They tried to give us steps and instructions on how to get set up with a wallet and get started, but it's only targeted to one, I'd say the 0.1% of the 1% of the 1% of the population. And it's not inclusive to everybody else outside the crypto bubble. They tried their best to stabilize the value using this trunk, but then I don't see it's completed because you still have wrapped a that's causing now your price to tank during a bear season. So what was the point of doing the trunk in the first place if not to help stabilize the value? Like everything around this is you tried, you know, like goes to the Miz in the sign. You tried. And I celebrate you trying. I celebrate the effort. I celebrate the hard work you tried to put into this. I'm simply saying that although it looks like a strong project and I don't see any concerns from a, you know, legitimacy perspective or any of that, it's not that. It just feels like although you tried and you tried hard, it almost felt like you put too much effort in and not enough thought into why certain things need to make sense outside the crypto bubble anyhow elephant.money check it out on the binance smart chain i again i don't see any problems with it in terms of you know legitimacy or them being serious or them being you know trying to take your money i don't see any of that stuff it seems like they're here to stay growth may be a concern in the long term in the short term maybe it's going to get some green i suspect once this bear passes It's going to go back green and it seems to have strong upward growth. And again, it looks like a strong project, but unless they acknowledge they're not going after the the casual investors, I think they're going to have a hard time getting this sold to people as to what really is this thing so I can maximize it. If they were to simplify a lot of this down, I think they'd have a better time of it. I don't know if at this point it's past that point because like I said, it's been around for ages. And maybe it's too late to consider that it's what I would still consider. Certainly get the white paper to actually be a white paper, move that content to a garbage get book where it belongs, in my opinion, and then try to simplify. you know, try to simplify your instructions for getting on board, be more inclusive about multiple types of wallets and different types of people doing the project. Other than that, you know, again, the site, I would like to see more on the site. Um, more of that data that breaks down why we're doing this, what is the point of this and help somebody understand other than just making money because making money helps. But as we see right now, even the tokens that are just about profit, they're taking too. So how do you differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself from that? I don't, I don't know what that answer is. I'm saying these are things to think about if they're going to want to, you know, appeal more to the mainstream. So again, that was elephant token, elephant money, elephant, money. If you want to take a look at it, please. I do encourage you to just be aware. It's a bit overwhelming in the documentation. Suffice it to say, I can tell that the drip token, if you heard that coverage, there's similarities there. You're in finance there's similarities there. There's a bit of everything in this one and multiple levels of passive income. I just, my primary feedback was, I think they should take the time to s- simplify their documentation streamline it a little bit so that it's more accessible outside the crypto bubble. It felt like they're just in the bubble. That was my only criticism really is just things they're doing. They're doing a lot and it felt like they're just doing too much or they're not explaining it in a more inclusive way. And I don't like that word, but that's really what it is. And as I recorded this, something happened to this token. We're not sure exactly what it is at this point, whether it's a rug pull or a hack, there's two different opinions seems like it's something that affected their treasury concept, which would go to my point about the complexity, because if they had so much complexity going on that they couldn't catch some sort of a gap or a glitch, it might've enabled somebody to kind of breach it or get in, or it's a straight up rug pull. Something tells me it's probably not a rug pull based on the fact that it's been around forever. And if they were going to rug it, they'd have done it a long time ago. Ultimately the, it dropped, it significantly dropped in price The Telescams going nuts as expected. So there's no information at this point. I still encourage you to take a look at it. I would not suggest you buy anything yet until they figure out what the heck they're going to do. But just again, I can't stress enough simplicity of your project so that it's clear to understand what the heck's going on and what's backing what and how things are working so that you can be aware of certain things happening. I'm going to emphasize, and I'll cover this on YouTube as well, I don't believe that this is a rug pull by definition. One of two things must be the case. Either it is it is a rug pull, possibly with like a rogue dev or something, or they got hacked. I'm leaning towards the hack because the way their structure works, very similar to like Everrise. Everrise got hacked when they had that structure. Many tokens that have structures like this, this kind of thing happens where they're hacking the back end. Uh, Earnhub had the same thing. So this is the problem in DeFi. When you build these type things, the attackers, they're finding new ways to drain funds. The core contract looks like it's okay, but because of these mechanisms that they built in, when they build in all this layers of complexity, it just creates more risk vectors for these hacks. That's why I suspect that it's probably a hacker, possibly the same hackers that got Earnhub, is my theory, or that got EverRise rather than an internal rug pull But I'm not saying guaranteed that it's not an internal rug pull. It certainly could be no way to know at this point what to wait and see what this all looks like at this point. Take a look at it, but I do not recommend that you buy into it. Anyhow, that's all I got for you for today's episode. Of course, Thursday, we'll be back with another full length episode. And I have some just real quick because I don't know that I mentioned it. Or actually, I did earlier in the show, but I didn't give specifics. But Thursday's episode is status quo, just like we've been doing. And then I've got somebody on Casual Talk Radio that's recording that afternoon. I'll be recording with the token that I said he's scheduled to be on Saturday for the recording. That means that the upload will happen on Tuesday, the 19th. So if you're eager for a guest-based episode for Crypto Talk Radio, you don't want to miss next tuesday the 19th that's when you're going to hear about this token that's up and coming it's been around for about a month ish and they reached out actually their community reached out on their behalf and i said hey let them submit they submitted and i talked to him on their discord and he seems very excited to come on the show i've got my platform and everything ready to go for that that will be a regular podcast audio just like with mr sagala just like with believes just like with Dior token But based on my whole supporter function that I'm going to create, then the video will be made available at that time. There'll be certain things that I'll put on YouTube, like if he has screenshots or things that he'd like to share, then when I present the snippets of audio, then I'll have that as part of the imagery on the YouTube side. So if you're interested, if there happens to be those visual things, the YouTube channel will have those. It'll be parceled out just like with leaves where I had three different segments of it because I wanted to make bite-sized chunks of content for the YouTube crowd. You will get the full audio through the podcast here at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Never fear on that one. So I'm really excited to get that recording done because, again, it's the second token that's wanted to smoke. And I'm hopeful and he's optimistic that we can set the stage and show what one of these is supposed to look like how it's supposed to go, how we're supposed to be covering and providing coverage for these tokens for the regular folks out there that want to learn about these projects. And this one has a very unique use case. I do have some questions, nothing that's critical, but I, I think I can parcel out what a regular investor would have as far as questions too. That's what I want to hit him with and see what he has to say about it. And as long as it's something that they've thought about, And they have some solutions for then I have no problem recommending it. And then I would just share my suggestions and feedback based on the project documentation that I saw. It's still in the early phases. They're still forming things. They're still actually making some changes based on community feedback. The nice part about them as well. They're active on discord with a lot of the community folks. So they're not stuck in telescam. They do have a telescam group, but they're not stuck in telescam. They're engaging in other places. And that also stood out positive to me. So I got more for you coming next Tuesday. But as for this Thursday, it'll be just like normal, just like today. I'll do my regular coverage and then I will do an underdog token in preparation for the recording that happens Saturday. And then I'll be back on that Tuesday, the 19th with my guest for you guys. Take care. Just keep watching the graphs and remember. A lot of what we're seeing right now could be indicative of tax season. If my theory is correct, that means we should start seeing some jumps because people would be buying back off the dips and that would start sometime next week, later part of next week is my guess. So we should watch the graphs and see if I'm correct and the graphs start moving in a green direction, even if it's not like super jumps, like I don't expect super jumps because Biden's still in office, but at least for the purposes of short-term jumps. I would expect next week, like starting Wednesday and on to see some more green. If my theory is correct, that people were selling off in anticipation of tax because the tax period is Friday, the 15th through that weekend. And then Monday, the 18th is the deadline for individuals. Then the next time you would do a quarterly would be sometime in late May uh, in anticipation for June filing. So we'll see how that looks for the last two weeks of April as I build all this out next week. Let's say probably I probably won't hear back on the Thursday episode about the move and the callback I'm waiting on. If I do, I will update you on status and what that means. It fundamentally just means that there won't be any guests recording for that period of time while I'm mid move and it'll be a painful move. So I'll need to schedule my uploads, possibly shift things around, like maybe put casual talk on Tuesday, Thursday and crypto talk on you know uh, monday wednesday or something else or shift boxing to saturday and then move one of the cryptos to friday i'll have to figure out what that means because i need to make sure that i get this move done correctly because i'm not doing the painful moves i did before take care guys i'll check in with you guys on thursday